Hi you guys, this is Open Mike Eagle and this is Secret Skin, a hip-hopity, rapidity podcast on the Infinite Guest Network. My name is Michael Eagle, I rap and do things under the name Open Mike Eagle, which is a stretch. It's a stretch. You add an adjective, take a syllable off of your legal name, it turns you into an entertainer that exaggerates your legalness. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway... So you guys, I was perusing the internet as I do sometimes every day. And um, what was I doing? I was checking wrestling websites. What do I do? I'm looking at emails. I'm not going to answer. Uh, I decided to stop by the secret skin page on the old iTunes just to kind of see how things were doing. I wanted to see, you know, how close I was to overtaking combat jack. <laughs> um, I did something I did something really dumb guys I did something really stupid I saw that there were ratings and comments and I read them it's like internet rule number one that you don't you don't read the comments and I did it anyway and um so went crazy and I'm still crazy they were all good actually except for one and um, since I'm a creator and I'm uh, not following rule number one on the internet then I got offended that's how that's how the internet math works and um, my podcast is about 19 episodes old maybe six months something like that I don't know I can't count well speaking of math but um, that one bad comment, I felt like somebody was attacking my six-month-old. I wanted the comment to die. The commenter, I'm not sure they're humanity to begin with. They're probably some monster, some eternal blood-sucking monster, something, something um, the writers of The Walking Dead thought up and then decided it was too terrible to live on television or in comic books. But I wanted to, I wanted this comment to die, and I don't know how to kill it. But what I want to ask you to do is to go and rate Secret Skin on the iTunes on the internet. That's what I want you to do. That's what I would like you to do. You don't have to. This show's gonna happen anyway. If you uh, ever wanted to do me a solid, solid or a liquid, do me a gas. I don't know. Just go um rate. Um, you know, they have a little star thing on there. Give me a bunch of stars. It's just like it's just like elementary school. I'm out here working for stars. Working for stars. I'm trying to earn. I'm trying to earn Chuck E. Cheese. Another idea: while you're on the iTunes and you're rating things, you can go ahead and rate all my music up there too. I would appreciate it. You can be very, very honest. If there's a project that you like, don't be afraid to give it five stars. If there's a project that you didn't like, do not be afraid to give it five stars. Look, sometimes it's okay to lie. When you're doing somebody a gas, it's all right. You know, nobody's going to get hurt. Except maybe that one commenter when he realizes he's the only person on earth who attacks six-month-olds. I don't know how that isn't illegal yet. I, I don't know why this man isn't man, woman, could be anybody. Why they're not under the jail? This monster. 
should be in monster jail. But anyway, go to iTunes, rate things, review things. This episode of Secret Skin features an interview with my friend Sims from Doomtree. I got to know him while I was on the uh, All Hands tour with Doomtree a couple of, about a month and a half ago, maybe a little less than that. And uh, we recorded this interview in the back of their um, tour van, tour, wag tour. They have a big tour bus. It had a room in it. That's how big it was. It had a room in it that we could sit and record in. It was pretty amazing. It was an epic tour run. I was really happy to be a part of it and uh, happy to have gotten to know Sims some. I didn't know him very well before this, but um, it was it was good to uh, to talk to him. We talked a lot about the business. We talked a lot about uh, ego, especially him being a part of a eight-person crew. Um, I was really interested in how he manages... Um, his own ego being that you know different people inside of the doom tree organization have different levels of success i wanted to know um what he did to navigate that in terms of his own mental health anyway folks i'm open michael eagle you should be back from itunes by now you can rewind and hear me talk about sims some and i'm going to talk to sims more right now this is secret skin i'm open michael eagle person Good afternoon. We are here with uh, the enigma known as Sims. Yeah. Yeah. Are you an enigma, Sims? Um, I try to think of myself as one. Do you? Not really. Oh, okay. No, not really. I, was just I just don't really know real how to quick. communicate on the internet that well, so... Really? I think that some fans find me enigmatic for that reason, but it's mostly because I don't really know. So what do you, what do you wish to communicate on the internet? I mean, I wish to like, basically advertise a show, but in a way that seems like more engaging and like fun and less like robotic. Actually, int- yeah, it doesn't seem like a one-way transaction of me trying to sell you something. It seems more like you can open up a dialogue with people. So, what actually happens when you try to do this, where you say you don't know how to do it? Uh, I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like it's like things go get a little creepy. Sometimes people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start to creep on you a little bit. Tell or, me something creepy that happened. Oh, uh, I mean, someone found out my address to oh, my that's house. Not good. And that's yeah, not right. I mean, like that, you know. Yeah. So was it a woman? Uh, yeah. Was she? Was she was trying to? Uh, she was trying to be intimate. She with was trying you? to like probably I don't know like put powders in my mail or something <laughs> like that. I don't really know what she was trying to do. I would love to know what her motivation was. Yeah, my wife. My wife wasn't really feeling, feeling it too it. much, but yeah, I did yeah. have to tell her that she couldn't come by anymore. <laughs> I had to go out and say, "You can't do this." I'm not that famous. I'm yeah, not that well, person. Do you want to be famous? No. What do you want to do? I really, I've only had like a six month plan at a time. I can't, <laughs> That's really, good. That's I can't great. really give you more than that. I, if I if I can tell you more, what's going to happen longer than six weeks from now? If you're really accomplished, yeah. so I understand. I mean, I'll tell you this. I think that I want what a lot of people want, which is to continue to make art, and then you also want like a little bit of like. I mean, it's real basic human to want validation from that and people right. to like think that it's great and people to think that you're smart and brilliant and amazing and all those things. And so I think that like, I'm not really sure what the outcome looks like, but if fame, I guess, comes with that, I'd be willing to take that. But I guess I've never really made music with the intention of right. trying to get famous or even trying to get rich off of it. If do, you, do you think that there's money? I mean, money. Do you think that there's music that you could make that would make that easy like to get famous yeah. off? 
maybe although i don't think that it's n- i don't know i sometimes i wonder about that sometimes i wonder if like you know that there's kind of like some saccharine pop songs out there that seem so put together and mm-hmm. whatever but maybe they come from a, like some kind of genuine place like that's a representation of that person's personality like maybe they are just they kind of believe in that like i couldn't i couldn't wholesale something like that like mm. i don't i don't think i could actually create that like you know it's not really like, in you everyone likes to say indie musicians especially especially indie rappers like i can make i can make a pop song i can do this i can do but that it's really hard to do that it is it's and really if you were hard. really good at it you could potentially just do that and then that's how you could make money is right. sell it to whoever and make the song and do it but but i'm sure there's a lot of people like you know that they just take songs that people write for them and make them into hits sure so it's not necessarily it might not be a part of their personality or just like a good vehicle for it yeah you know i don't know i guess maybe i could try it sometimes yeah, would, would you ever try that would you ever uh no, no. i don't think so uh, it's funny though the interesting thing that I keep thinking about is I consider myself to be a very principled person. Yeah. But then I end up doing weird shit that I probably yeah. shouldn't do yeah. all the time. Like, yeah. I'm shooting a movie right now that I probably shouldn't be doing. I know? started off in my... This is why I'm saying the six-month plan thing. I started off in my 20s. Like, I didn't really think I'd still be rapping at right. 32. Okay. Like, I had no idea. That, I mean, this what, isn't really... What did really, you think you'd be doing? I don't know. Something... Like I said, six months at a time. <laughs> But at, like I think at like seventeen, I got a little bit, uh, you know. I didn't want to like do. A, I knew at seventeen that I wasn't cut out for career path, corporate world. You know, I couldn't be the, I couldn't do that thing, and I kind of knew it. And so I was just kind of like, okay, well, music. I start making music or writing or whatever. And I went to school to become for creative writing at the University of Iowa for one semester, and I couldn't really live there very easily it was a real college town with a college party atmosphere you know and I, I, I didn't really do well there but then I went back to the U, the University of Minnesota for creative writing and then I got the opportunity to go on tour mm-hmm. which was sort of like an applied version of what I was studying at right. school and I was like okay well I guess I'll just do this and start performing and then yeah like yeah like I don't know t- 10 years have passed and I'm still doing it how do you see yourself First of all, as a rapper, like, do you have a way that you see yourself? Like, do you, do you, I guess, I guess I almost have to ask that, like, in the context of Doomtree, the crew that you're in, mm-hmm. like, because um, all of you all seem different and, mm-hmm. um, and kind of, yeah, everyone, just, everyone seems distinct. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think is what you bring as Sims into the Doomtree fold? I mean, I think that I'm really well, like, a really well-studied rapper. The craft. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, technically I'm really sound. I agree. And I think that I'm pretty well-read as well. And so I like to to try to combine those as much as possible. Well-read, like, in terms of real, like, books, literature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I like to do... I like to try to combine those two things if I can. If I can do something really technically amazing, because those are the, you know, uh, Project Blowed rappers mm-hmm. or whoever, you know, yeah. G-Rap, whoever I thought was amazing when I was younger. Who, who, because I, I, and that was a question I had for you, um, because I did notice that you pay a lot more attention to technicality than I think, I mean, at least out of the Doomtree people, I think they should probably the most technical. Um, 
who do you like for technicality in rap? Like, like all time and now. Okay. Um, like I'm, I'm bad at this game right off the top of sure, my head usually, but sure. I would say that, um, like technically, I think like Micah Nine, mm-hmm. AC Alone. I think of Red Man. Okay. I think of it's different. Inspector Deck. Different types of technicality. Of, uh, than, than I think of uh, let's see, who Ludacris. Ludacris is one of the most like low key technical yeah, yeah, rappers yeah, yeah. ever. Like if you really break it down, he's doing like the he's same multi syllable stuff. Yeah. yeah, but he just does it in a way that's so much more bombastic than a lot of rappers could do. I mean, he's incredible. And like yeah, and as far as like the other side of that, not just the mathematical sort of side of uh the technicality, I think that like uh Andre 3000 and Aesop Rock are like the two guys that I like kind of maybe drew the most from. It's really interesting because I feel like those two names, and even when you were saying earlier, you were, you know, Micah Nine on one side, Red Man on the other side, um, Aesop Rock on one side, and um, um, who else did you just say? Uh, Andre on the other side. So it's like, it's kind of two different kinds of technicality. Like I feel like. The technicality of an Aesop rock or more than Micah 9 is more like uh, it's really within bar, cra- like crazy syllable pattern placement. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems more virtuoso in a sense, like a you know violin player or whatever in terms sure. of being able to chop up eighth notes in a rap. Where... Uh, the technicality of a red man and a, and a Andre three thousand in me is more it's 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 more about pockets. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more Absolutely. about like finding a groove. Absolutely. Inside of a song, sticking with it. And those like sort of a triplet style, yeah. like when they get underneath, like well, the rest of the country bungees off bridges without no snapback. They say they need that to shake. You know, yeah. that kind of. I don't know. He'll like get these nice little counter yeah, rhythms all yeah, of a sudden yeah, that yeah. I maybe didn't wouldn't have thought of listening to a beat like that. And right. like those are the kind of things that like really opened me up to the idea of like there's so much playfulness in words and like I, I love reading prose and I love reading poetry, mm-hmm. but listening to rap music is all the stuff that was promised to me about how playful poetry can be when you wow. read it on the page mm-hmm. when you're in school and they're like no this is playful language listen to the listen to the rhythm of the language like read this and listen to the rhythm of it and all those promises that never like sometimes I got it and sometimes I didn't quite get it mm-hmm. rap music always had that for me and opening up how people talk and you know the different ways they can use words to just become like a beautiful instrument was so that was it. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Minneapolis. You know, in and, Minneapolis proper? Yeah, and then I grew up well, I grew up in a suburb of okay. Minneapolis as well. How did uh how did rap come into your life? Uh from trading tapes like there was a kid um who lived like I don't know, a block from me or whatever and he had an older brother and this is, I was probably 8 or 10 at this time. And someone else gave me a hieroglyphics CD or tape or something like that at the time, and then that got me into kind of more of the native tongue stuff. So, and listening, to, and if you're drawn into the native tongue stuff, and it's like super, I mean, on some level, it's like mad uh, Afrocentric. Yes, you know what I mean. So, yeah. did you have to deal with any like weirdness in terms of of race in that music? You yeah, know I, mean? I mean, there was a lot of. I mean, it's like 
still deal with weirdness in terms of race. Like how? What, what, how does that manifest itself in your life? Um, I mean, I think that there's being a uh, white listener mm-hmm. uh, when you're like 11 or 12 opened me up to something where maybe I, I learned some things about some people's history and some people's present that was not really present in my 11 year old mind okay like i wasn't what? really thinking about that kind of stuff like what i don't know like racism and okay slavery and indoctrinated like the, the prison system and like you know the inequities in the education system right. and all these things and like sort of like having to kind of ask about that stuff and who learn did you ask kind of i'd ask friends or okay. i'd ask my parents or you know we'd start talking and my parents weren't initially like liking rap music because they thought it was nwa only and like Ice T cop killer. Right. They didn't understand that there was all this other incredible stuff, and it and took it took till I was like thirteen till they they were, you know, on board with the idea of me listening to rap music. I had to show them that there was amazing stuff, and there was like really thoughtful people, not just saying I'm going to kill cops. Uh, but you know, like it, still today, there's like race is a huge deal to me, and like being a white participant mm-hmm. in a in a black art form. Does it still feel like a black art form to you? I don't know anymore. It does to me. But that's I, because I I'm a white participant in it. And I, I don't know if I can ever, like... That may be, like, a hang-up that I can't and cause I, yeah, that, that was that was kind of part of what I was thinking about, asking you about. Because I know that when you started listening or, or you know, being involved in it, at that time, it was, it was very black. Uh, and I feel like, in, in a lot of ways, that's changed now. Like, the landscape is very different so i was wondering like is that is is race still something you think a lot about in terms of your uh your journey your presentation anything i think so i think that i try to do like you're not going to hear me talking about the black struggle because it's not my struggle you know it's someone else's struggle and i i have a lot of respect for do you feel like a lot of non-black rappers do that i do a little bit i mean i feel like i don't know i like even though that there's like a poor white struggle and that's totally legit yeah i I don't i'm not gonna present that in a way and i feel like all i do i just try to keep it like as authentic to my experience as i possibly can and so i'm not gonna try to quantify my pain or like try to compare wounds with somebody or something like that so i don't really want to like i i don't necessarily like want to present struggle rap in a way that I don't know, the black youth would present struggle rap. Do you feel that struggle is important in in terms of uh, the power of rap or in terms of sure. just presenting... Um, I mean, that's kind of the... That's partially, like, the crux of rap music, you know? It's, like, kind of, like... It's kids. It's kids, like, talking about things that are amazing in their lives and frustrating in their lives and, like, sad and beautiful and heartbreaking and all the things but in doing it in a way that's like celebrating all of that so what keeps you wanting to do it at 30 i mean and of course i have my own reasons of course yeah but uh i wonder what what you know like uh if if it's kids and it's struggle sure like what what uh what keeps it sure being your because what you what you do because i think that i'm like finally onto something that's like unique mm. and i think that it's a art form that, that 
is the one I've chosen. And I think I've found a nice way to present ideas through this medium. And I think that I found a nice way to communicate with people through this medium. And I think that even selfishly just for myself to get these, like, it's sort of an obsession. You know, I got I, I have to get these thoughts out now. So, like, have a really good way of doing it. And I have a platform and I have something that I'm good at. I ain't no atheist taking and making blanket statements. I just take it the way they play it is dangerous. Um, which last day is it? Uh, who do I save again? Uh, who am I paying in? I'm lost. I'm gone. The rest gon' pay that cost for you to bear that cross. Ending of the clear cut path. Follow, but you end up lost. Won't come back. Y'all know that. I suggest you throttle back. But instead, you on the gas. The match, the scratch. You make the world go boom. Gonna end it too soon. So I left the room. The things they say, the things they do I'm anti-red and anti-blue I could've shown my mouth at a bad time zoo But then there's you How satisfying for you is it to record these thoughts Put them out and perform them Like how, how much is that satisfying for you just in itself? I mean that's pretty much the deal You know, the, the applause is not really like the thing that I'm after the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. I feel awesome after like knowing I got, I, I, I knew I got one today. Okay. You know, when you, when you, I don't know if you've ever done this when you're writing, but like sometimes I'll like sit up from the desk and be like really happy. All the time. <laughs> Woo! You know, yeah. actually even make a noise because like some kind of weird connection came out of the back of your head. You weren't really thinking of it in the, in the forward. In, in the front part of your brain and all of a sudden like some connection came through and like two amazing little things came out and you're really happy all of a sudden mm. like oh that's great and that's it I mean and the rest is like I don't know I feel like um, the performing to me is like a, a space that I feel really natural in and feel really like comfortable in and I can drop a lot of the sort of like um, the the inner monologue, the loud voice in front that sort of guides, that sort of like filters all my decisions. Huh. Um, it's a place where I'm kind of like, I can pull that off and I'm kind of mostly just brainstem at that point. I see. You seem to me to be pretty like, you know, in terms of what we do, I would say business savvy. Would you agree with that? Uh, partially. I mean, yeah. I would have a much more successful solo career if I was a little <laughs> better at the business. Um, but I keep an eye on it for sure, and yeah, I find yeah and I think that that's what I mean is that you pay attention. I do to it. Yeah, I do. Um, I guess I was asking before, like, okay, so the writing and, and recording and performing is like satisfying in one way, right. but then is is there a way in which uh, becoming successful satisfies something different as well? Sure, I think so. Like again, it comes back to like. The fact that you do anything and hope for a little bit of—I mean, everyone wants to be recognized for their for sure for their pure genius. Right. <laughs> you know, they're they're absolutely like, wow, you are the most intelligent person that's ever lived. Like everyone wants that a little right. bit. Um, so the numbers are a way to reflect that. They're not necessarily important, and I find that they drive you insane if they you do. look at them too hard, absolutely, and if you think too much about them, and like. Uh, you can't look at like you have to ride this sort of like uh, this really like you have to be on the fence and ride this line between like okay I have to stay active on Twitter and I have to stay informing people about what's happening in my life and what's happening in my show because I need to interact with people out there who 
bother at all to pay attention to what I'm doing. Right. And that's amazing. It, yeah. And so I want to stay involved with them and then also let them know that I'm coming to their city and blah, blah, blah. And then to not compare, like, your Twitter followers yeah. to mine or right. we should compare that to Danny Brown's. Right. Like, it, all of a sudden but you you're do like, do oh, that, right? I do that. that. Sure I do. Yeah. And, and the thing that's hard to do is to not, like, let that sort of dictate any piece of your feelings right like not take it personally yeah or like what do i gotta do to get there or this or whatever but 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 the interesting thing is we're we're not supposed to but we still do and that's still something we think about you know yeah and is that is that everybody i think so yeah i I think i've i've been on a quest um in my journey of indie rap to try to find somebody who is actually happy and i've not found one person yet who's actually like I am so content in my space. I have, I have no level I'm looking to try to get up to, and I'm not worried. I don't know anybody. Like, top to bottom, most successful people I know to the least. Yeah. Everybody has, everybody is somewhat unsatisfied, it seems, perpetually. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's because of that, the same. I, you know, rap is an, is, it's an egotistical thing to do. You know, sure it just is. to stand there on stage and tell everybody to shut the fuck up. And it's such you do karaoke. Yeah. Where your backing track plays and yeah. it's just you in the microphone <laughs> and the spotlight. And I mean, so do you, I mean, it's an egotistical exploit. Um, sure. And I, and I wonder, like, you know, especially with Doomtree being an organization that you all are like, yeah equally represented in but then there's solo careers yeah. and like like it would seem to be difficult not to compare yourself to like the other people in the group to Dessa or, or, yeah to yeah. Dessa or, or POS or, yeah, like, or, or Mithon or Cecil yeah, exactly everyone yeah. seems to have um, you know a different path or a different yeah. level of reward or or even at the show like you know you're my favorite one or this person's right, my favorite right, one right right and then you know it's even beyond the solo stuff you start getting like the the boy band territory sure. where you're like oh you're my favorite one sure sure yeah it's so weird. like how do you how, i mean first of all i mean i'm i'm assuming that's stuff that happens yeah and then how do you deal with that like, honestly i used to write my name in verses in doomtree songs i would like announce who i am in certain I hear songs you. Like so, so you know it's me. That's tight. Well, I, that I get some, that. That's de- that's like a deeper level of ego stuff where I'm like, I want you to know that this is me right I, now. I can understand that totally. I have to put my stamp on it or something like that. I don't really do that anymore. I did do it on this on All Hands one time. I did, but it was because I made it a cool rhyme. Man, you spin move. You're doing too much. Rental car, trip cigar. I'm just laughing while that whole thing blow up Looking like I'm joking, no one Black mask, no gas money My name is Sims, but call me David Lynch I make him act funny I ain't afraid to change lines State, date, or face I think I'm that it's really hard And honestly, I've, I've sort of I don't know what It sounds really brokenhearted to say I kind of gave up on that But I did so Kind of like, I don't Want the 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 emotional responsibility to myself to have to deal with comparing myself to Dessa because she's amazing and mm-hmm. supposed to be a like comet, you know, right. she's supposed to be way out there beyond the reach of what any of us can do. But how do you define what, so, what? How do you define what's supposed to be? I'm just essence? saying, like, because how much I believe in it. Okay. Yeah, supposed to be to me, like okay. how much I believe in her. I see. To do that, and I think that she's got all the the complete package to do that. 
I don't know exactly like see here's the thing about when you speak of unhappiness like I don't necessarily find value in myself all the time I see you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I, I can easily say well well no one's pursued me for management so I'm probably not worth managing like probably no one really wants to do it like I get like have, I'll you, catch had, have you had that thought that particular thought yeah yeah, yeah and absolutely and then yeah so but you no longer do no, it's not that. It's okay. that I've just I've decided that that thought, even though it still exists, that I can't really true or not, I can't really give it like I can't give it credence. I can't say like this is a legitimate like even if it's true, I can't like I can't let that exist in my space. You can't internalize. I don't it. have enough emotional like range for that to also be in me and accepting of all that i have to let that thought sort of pass and that's been the challenge to the whole thing and that's been like the the big like the big thing that i've learned over the last three or four years is to somehow do that is to somehow let like like of course you have your own interview today like of course you do and like yeah do that and in the group thing and let that go without ego and really without letting myself feel any kind of way about it and just like that's cool i'm glad you got that or when i got something and maybe they don't I expect that the same thought would come from them. You know? So, I mean, so this this has been this is something you have to like practice or work at to like to I mean, to, to to not um, experience the group in an egotistical solo rapper way. So here's here's okay, the big thing in my life. I'm gonna now drop all of the information on you. Sure. The big thing in my life that changed. Okay. In 2011, uh-huh. I put out an album called Bad Time Zoo. I started touring that. I started getting some momentum. We sold a bunch of them. Things were looking really good. We put out No Kings in the fall of that year. Yeah. Things were looking better than ever. Uh-huh. We toured that till the summer of 2012. And then my wife got uh, uh, another organ transplant. This is her oh, wow. fourth pancreas. No. Her fourth attempt at a pancreas. She's the first one in the country and possibly the world. They can't say the world, but definitely the first one in the U.S. who got a fourth transplant. That is amazing. Um, and it didn't go well, and like it really went really poorly. The fourth, the fourth attempt at this transplant. Okay. So it went poorly and led to all these systemic failures. She was in the hospital for like I think a hundred and five days. This over is twenty twelve. Yeah, uh, 2012 into 13. Okay. 105, does it happen in August? She was in the hospital from August that year and then kind of in and out until like the summer in 2013. Wow. And so I spent most of my time there with her on a day to day basis and like sort of like it led to all these systemic failures. We dodged bullet after bullet after bullet after bullet. There was degenerative muscle diseases My and God. things like that like that were med interactions and we thought she might have lymphoma for a while she dodged she had this really rare um hospital born um pneumonia Good that grief. took like basically a doctor house type of dude to come in and like sort that out it got really dark really 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 dark and really really like sad and um my, my life changed a lot that year, and I kind of just put rapping on the side. I love making music. I love rapping. I love performing. It's one of the things that brings me the most amount of joy mm-hmm. in the whole world, especially when anyone thinks that it's cool. Yeah. Um, but I had to put it all aside, and then, so she owns a bar, and then I started working at her bar because my money comes from rapping. And I mean, for those of you guys who are listening, like we are on tour a lot because 
it's like our job. Like right. we don't make two hundred thousand dollars per tour at this point in right. our careers. We make whatever we make, and mm-hmm. it's enough to keep it going till next tour, basically, and hopefully put a little bit away. But I stopped touring and then started working at her bar, and like it took. That was a weird ego check there'd be kids there that would show up and you know what are you doing behind the bar that kind of thing um and I'm, i've been to this bar i feel like muddy waters yeah, yeah it's, it's her bar yeah it's her bar in minneapolis and, actually and, i saw you there yeah, yeah. exactly I, I, mean, I think it was when we first met yeah that was like um, sound set sound set 2013 yes exactly um it was like the darkest one of the so i mean hard and, me and i remember being in there and there were like flyers for like I think you and Astronautilus, mm-hmm. right? And then you're like also working there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like that has to be. So that part wasn't getting a job again after a few years of not having a job is is enough like of a, a little bit of like ugh, kick in the ribs, like right. little, but not so much that you can't walk, like brush that off. Right. I just made the mistake of getting a job that's like public facing, like a right. bartending job. Right. I should have gotten a job. Doing construction or something, you know, doing something that was away from whatever, or, you know, editing, Mm -hmm. editing articles or doing something that was away from the the public face. I made a huge mistake. (laughs) You know, kids would come in, what are you doing here? This and that. Can I have a photo? That kind of stuff feels all right. And then some kids are kind of like, is it that bad? Wow. Is it that bad that you have to be working here? Ignorant shit. Like, talk shit, you know? It's kind of like, that was the part where I was like, uh, like and then kind of made me so all those experiences combined and then the the fact that like okay okay so all that's kind of compounding and then last year um in the spring of last year in the spring of 14 i went to europe and did like two and a half weeks of tour by myself mm. like totally by myself in eastern europe playing to like between 12 and 80 people yeah and more 12 than 80. I hear you. Um, I kind of was sitting there, like, just, you know, just sitting there, like, all right, I'm going to do this again. It was a like, good night. I was playing to 12 people who speak Czech. Mm-hmm. None of them speak English. And I'm getting through to all of them. And I don't know what I'm doing, but I realize that, like, like I told you when I'm performing, it's like a spiritual thing to yeah, me. Like, yeah. it does feel like that to me. I don't feel like it's crazy. It's so lame to use this phrase, but like a master of ceremony. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? For like, sure. really You're controlling the energy in a room full of people. That's all I'm doing. Absolutely. That's all I'm doing. I'm not really even, you like my words, you don't. You like this beat, you don't. What I'm doing is I'm pulling you out of your body. We're all going to commune for a second right. and feel awesome. And then I'm going to put you back down in your body. And it's like, I don't have a Messiah complex about that. I don't feel like I'm Jesus or anything like that. Right. It's just but a it is thing a powerful for thing. me. It's a powerful thing. So like, it's magic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's incredible. And so... Yeah, it was that experience where I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Got home, wrote field notes as fast as possible, put it out as fast and sloppily as possible, and went on tour, and then... So then you must have made um, field notes notes relatively quickly. Really quickly. Wow. The only song that I had written in that time was The Whale. Um, Which is... I I noticed part of The Whale was about addiction, it seemed. Is that what the whole song is about? about? Yeah, it's about addiction. It's about... Uh, it's sort of like an amalgamated character that I made of three different friends who actually all three of them were addicted to heroin. Okay. And all like basically, you know. So heroin is basically them chasing the whale. Yeah, basically. Okay. I mean, that's kind of the, the Moby Dick thing. I see. You know, like the literary the meets obsession. rap. Yeah, totally. That's what it is. You know? <laughs> so I turn a cheek and I walk away. But just this week I heard them say, what you do with your pay? 
And I felt pain and I felt shame And I've done this once before When I tried to save my old man From chasing that fish out to sea He was too far out of reach Lucky me that he hit bottom Washed him safely on the beach Not the same for Mikey R.I.P. E.Y.E. I think about him every week Think about you even more Hoping you'll find peace at war But tell yourself to cease fire I wrote this in place of writing you a eulogy So please excuse my use of What it sounds like is you had some momentum coming off of a Bad Time Zoo, coming uh-huh. off of No Kings, and then with your wife's health and you having to take some time off, you lost momentum? All of it, right? And like a brick wall. So how do you feel right now? Like, where do you stand in terms of where you once were? I feel like I'm a couple steps down from where I was. But I feel like all of that plays into what we were talking about earlier with, like, that that calmness and that coolness and like oh so you, you're okay with that you're not gonna let that bother you right. this is something you've learned or whatever and it's like no it's because I if I if the experiences of 2012 and 13 and 14 and still are actually happening now if those experiences didn't happen to me and I didn't stop and pull myself away from this motor this drive that was pushing me in one direction mm-hmm. and in a way that like maybe was not so well rounded that I would still, you know, I might be more successful than I am or whatever, but that's not really the point. The point right. is, like, what it's done to my character and what it's done to me as, like, an individual and what it's allowed me to sort of open up and see. So it's kind of made you more humble in a way. Oh, man, it humbled me big time. It humbled me hugely, but also it made me a little more selfish about what I want and how I want to get it. So what do you want? I want to make songs until people stop listening to them. Mm. I want to I want to do this until like literally the last person shows up. I'm going to I'm going to play shows until people stop coming. And I want to make songs until I have like no more words to say. <clears throat> and I'm going to I'm going to and I'm going to make jokes and if that get on if that gets old then I'm going to like start writing books and I'm going to start writing poetry I'm going to start writing whatever something and and I mean how I guess how important is success in those things like how important is it going to be to you that you that, I mean because I'm guessing yeah, these things I are going to be things are going to be your income like popularity yeah, yeah so well, I, I guess I guess income at the most basic level and the most then, basic so really if I can eke out a living at it for a while that's cool yeah. I would I mean I would love the idea that you know music or writing could pay for the rest of my life and what i mean by that is not necessarily that i become a millionaire but that maybe i could get a little bit of money from this Mm -hmm. and then parlay that into something else maybe i could find someone with a really good idea and like have the money to give them to start it or something like that i don't know exactly what it looks like like i said that six month plan thing (laughs) but you know and it's kind of what we were touching on earlier too though how it used to be this used to be a very uh black or more overtly, almost exclusively black art. Yeah. And now the landscape has changed. And there's, there's a lot of white, successful rappers true. in both the mainstream hype world and operating separately. Sure. So, like, I mean, I, I mean, you, you got to be, I guess you got to be confident nowadays that, like, that that's not going to hold you back. Or, or you know what I'm saying? It, it, there's there's Isn't that, machinery that there. Isn't that weird coming out of your mouth? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. 
Maybe. That sounds weird, doesn't it? I, I don't know. What, 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 what's, what sounded weird to you? What sounded weird to me was <clears throat> you saying that, like, <clears throat> it's just, I don't know, it's awesome. It's like that uh, <clears throat> that you, as my friend, but a black male, mm-hmm. is telling, like, the, I'm sorry, I'm going to be vain, but, like, the good-looking white male that anything's going to hold him back is a <laughs> hilarious notion to me. And I think that that's great. And it's 2015. is a wonderful time. But see, but, but cause, and, and it's funny because, and that's what I wonder about, like, because if I was an attractive white male rapper, yeah, would you I be, would be looking, like, when I looked at the iTunes rap charts and saw the amount of attractive white rappers who seem yeah. to be on there perpetually these days mm-hmm. i would feel confident in my chances to be able to do just that and, yeah. I, and I wonder if that plays into yours that. yeah tell me about that do you feel okay you don't have to answer if you don't but do you feel if you don't want to but do you feel like it limits your chances i i it bothers me it, yeah. it does it bothers me a lot yeah. um but but the I, like i understand it because i understand that it's america yeah. And it's mostly white people in this country. Yeah. And that uh, I feel like no matter what I do, there's nothing that's going to change the fact that black people are only 10% of the population. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like part of what's been able to happen in, in terms of white rappers being successful outside of the mainstream is that um, there's so many people in the country that I feel like a lot of white rappers are able to build a fan base just kind of on their own like be their own brand and 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 they can kind of start locally you know what I mean and like and kind of have people dial in based on the people they live around like I can't really do that you know what I mean like I yeah. can't I can't I can't necessarily be homegrown because who I am isn't um there's not a lot of me around me mm-hmm you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, first of all, there's not a lot of black people in general. Okay. And, and second of all, there's not a lot of black people who are like me. You know what I mean? Right. And then, uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm an unattractive person at all. But I think, from what I'm seeing, right? Yeah. Um, when I, cause when I look at these, 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 these ice cream charts and I see these attractive yeah. white male rappers. Yeah. Most of their album covers seems to be a picture of their face. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it seems like that's that's part of part of how they've been able to um to generate some of this traction is to yeah. kind of sell that attractiveness. Yeah, and with kind of like some Hey Ma kind of songs. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. And I guess I, I guess, guess it, and I, and then that of course actually Macklemore excluded from that. And and, like and, and, and then honestly, guys, what I'd have to say too. To be honest, is that I don't know what kind of music they all make. Like, I don't really know what G-Eazy does. I don't really know what Hoodie Allen does. I just know I see them on the, the, the topping the charts Yeah, a lot. they are. You know? They are. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really want to speak ill of things but yeah, yeah, you know I, I mean, and, it's, it's and not I, about I'm, it's not it's not there's about all types yeah, of, yeah there's all types of there's all types of rap music out there and sure. a lot of it I like and a lot of it I don't mostly <clears throat> I mean and I don't it's nothing personal against any of these guys yeah. but like mostly if it's I mean this is not true across the board but by and large if it's on the top charts and this has kind of been a rule for a long time with me if it's on the top charts it's probably something I'm not really yeah. messing with in general um 
And again, nothing against their art, nothing against them, any of the people up there. But it's not really my my thing. Like Young Thug is not my dude, and that's okay if he's someone else's dude. I think that's awesome, and I think it's fine if you know whoever T Mills is like someone's dude. But like, um, it, it's tough because like we're not making stuff that's like uh, who's we? You and I. Okay. We're not making <clears throat> music that's like aimed that way. You know what I mean? I think that I think, I think you're okay. I, I you know I listen to a lot of your music today, and the one thing that, that that I kept noticing was like they are very ambitious, man. Your songs like they have big hooks, like a lot of them have big chords. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I see you guys performing your solo songs. Come on, it's mm-hmm. big. I don't think so. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's it's yeah totally it's big. So to me, <clears throat> I don't I don't. I don't see what you do is hard to sell at all. Okay. I don't. I think what I do is a little hard to sell. Uh, I think what you do is not that hard to sell. You know what I mean? Maybe you should be my manager. Maybe well, I am good <laughs> enough for a manager after all. Well, okay, we, we're uh, about 48 minutes in, and I thought I, w- I wanted to, to bring it home. I was looking at your bio on the Doomtree uh, website, and at the end of it, it's got these questions. Um, and I thought it'd be interesting to ask you these questions. Like, like uh, it says, what are your soft spots is the first one. Mm. Like, how would you answer that? Like, what are, what are your soft spots? I mean, I'm pretty thin-skinned. Like, like sensitive? Yeah, totally. Okay. Like, I don't, like, it, like, I would be a really bad battle rapper. Like, when I get insulted, <laughs> I kind of just, like, freeze up and kind of, like, like, I feel like I got hit in the stomach a little bit, you know? Like, there's a lot of people who are real sharp and fast with it. And I'm, so then, I mean, it, it's, <clears throat> in terms of sensitivity, in terms of softness, the, the, the kind of ego hazards that come along with being in this crew. Yeah. Like, have those been things that you've taken to heart at some point and you've kind of had to learn not to? Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. precisely. It's I like, see. it's about like learning how to manage your, uh, manage emotions. You know, like some of us have hardened exteriors and we don't let a lot get through and some mm-hmm. of us let too much get through and in both ways you need to learn how to like, like let the appropriate amount you know, touch you. This resonate. isn't one of the questions, but is being in a crew an easy thing for you? Um, yeah, okay. I'm pretty easy with going with the flow. Although, you know, there's there's a lot of nights where, um, I mean, even on this tour, which is the most successful tour uh, I've ever been like a headlining part of, and like I feel insanely fortunate and happy that this is like a representation of me out there and mm-hmm. this is my crew and this is my family some nights I'm like oh I wish I could play more of my stuff right. tonight I For wish sure. I could play my whole album front to back tonight like I'm really feeling it do you tonight. think everybody feels that way too I think so okay yeah I think you have to of course I think you have to like that's that's why you want to keep that's why it's so magical that you guys work together is that everybody's clearly a solo entity yeah but you guys make it look like those sorts of struggles never happen, and I think that's really amazing. Like, and I and I know they must. They do, and they they happen on the bus, and they happen. You know, it's like 
they've happened over the last 12 years of yeah. this crew and it's been a, like a growing process and learning how to deal with it and like sure. um you know when we but the, the thing was that when we started this crew none of us had a solo career okay and so we were all kind of like like the idea was if you have a show i have a show and right. if i have a show then she has a show and so does he and so it's all we're gonna press up we're beginning. gonna take this 300 dollars that we get from all of these shows combined and we're gonna buy a cd burner with it and then we're gonna do two more shows and we're gonna get enough money for uh jewel cases and we're gonna start selling cds that we burn ourselves it was like that so we all kind of grew up together right. you know in many ways so you already had an established i mean the crew started before the yeah see that's that's a huge difference yeah that makes a lot a huge of sense difference. that makes a lot of sense huge difference and so you know we've been checking each other's egos as they get inflated and deflated for 12 years you know yeah i guess things are winning and things are losing and yeah it's like so <clears throat> on a night like uh in denver i really wanted to play like i, w I really wished i could play like four or five of my songs yeah I, I felt like one of those nights where you feel like you're in the the rap matrix where like <laughs> you're just like every single every single syllable is like sticking you're landing everything yeah. you're really just feeling great and like you're performing the shit out of your songs and like yeah and then you have to like stop and then we have to go into the next my friend next songs. person yeah my friend song or doomtree song and yeah so i mean your ego comes in there and at the same time that song comes on and i feel so pumped up right for this person and like and i and i love that song too right but yeah i think yeah. that i think at the end of the day with you guys and, and the part that i can attest to uh, not only seeing you guys play every night but actually being on the bus and seeing how you guys interact is that at the end of the day there's no doubt that you guys actually truly care about each other truly and that's you know it, 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 it always forces me to reflect on my experience with working with people and I think that that's always been why um, whatever I seem to get involved in it doesn't have this kind of staying power because I think that the, the foundation isn't there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And so, like, it's more... Every, every time every time I get in something, it's more like a bunch of people deciding to work together. Sure. Rather than, like, oh, we're all friends. Uh, let's all be together. And then, you know, and then solo things happen. You it's know? been growing pains. And, I mean, I mean, think about that. It's all friends. And you're all going to start a thing. And then, also, there's going to be solo careers that result. And, like, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Not all friends are created equal. Yeah. Not all friends are have the same talent levels and not all friends are going to go to the same places right and to hold each other back from that would be the biggest travesty you could ever commit to a friend of yours exactly. it would be a huge like misdeed to them so when I say like I think Dessa should be she was meant to be there I mean I've been thinking about that for 12 years right you know and anything that Doomtree does so it'll is never definitely not going to be to stand right. in the way of her right. it's all to be in support of her and in support of me and in support of Mike and who's an actual know. community it so is I mean that's I think, like like I said that makes a big difference yeah that's that's the that's the basic foundation of this thing to me right is like we like if you have a show I have a show and like if your show can be the David Letterman show like that's amazing that's amazing I got I got tickets <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know like <laughs> Yeah, that's tight. Okay, the next question on your at the end. Of, I don't know why these questions are even in your bio, but I thought it was so. That bio's interesting. from 2011. <laughs> there you go. It's like when there you go. <laughs> but um, when are you at your most defensive? Think about my most defensive when I have to sort of talk about what I do for a job. And someone, what do you do? I rap. Right. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, believe uh, me. Yeah, yeah. I'd say musician first. Tie, tie, tie. Yeah, I'd say musician too. What do you play? I rap. I rap. <laughs> Sometimes I just totally lie. Like, oh, I make box, play boxes, make beats, whatever. Like, yeah, just kind of yeah, like, yeah. meh, whatever. Like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. I have to say, like, I have to say, like, I rap. And yeah, they're like, it's really? Tough. You do? And so basically, you know, my number one marketing strategy so far is Uber drivers that I'm like, in their car and explaining <laughs> fully what I do and dropping off a CD to them. Like, That's amazing. Go, man. But yeah, man, my most offensive one, I have to explain, like, that I rap. Like, so my mother-in-law, right, the first time I come home for dinner with, with Sarah, it was like, she was not my mother-in-law at this point. Right. What do you do? You're a rapper? Mm. <laughs> looking at Sarah like <sighs> yeah you know you're like you're like a, you're good right like, right you know I have to yeah. it's it's heavy connotations in what we do man and it's, it's it, I feel like it'll be a long time before we're able to say that especially like and, and it's you know and it comes off in a, in a respectful it's greeted with a respectful fashion you know? yeah that's it it's like there's a thing about like white boy rapper mm -hmm. they're like I'm fully okay with I fully like can joke around with and have a good time at the idea of white boy rapper. It's still funny to me in some yeah. context. And in some context, I'm like, no, that's not what I do. I'm amazing. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really uh, respectful of it. Ah, you know, yeah. like, like, I'm also defensive about uh, what I have never liked is like parody rap. Hmm. Uh, when it's like, when they don't, when they don't take the crap like, seriously. Yeah. When it's like, when it's like white kids doing like, me kind of, jokey rap stuff that I don't mind jokey raps but I have never liked when I feel like you're it's like just that there's like minstrelly lines to it mm -hmm. and I get like hyper defensive for no one else's sake no like I just you, my own, I get offended but I don't owe it to anyone to be def offended like no one actually like I'm not helping anything <laughs> I'm just, I'm just but you know feeling what's funny? Like, I think, I think all of us who came into hip hop at a certain time there's this weird perpetual honor code that we have that I, nobody ever told us to feel that way but it just kind of it, it seemed like it was implicit in the music at that time it was you know like yeah. this value system you also had to like learn there was a language you had to learn mm -hmm. there was like there was coded languages you had to unpack stuff like Wu-Tang has a fucking book about what their lyrics meant right like you had to unpack things you had to learn about stuff and you had to like you also had to kind of like get a little bit of a pass into the into the culture right you know like I wasn't freely accepted as like a, a rapper to, for like a long time right you know I had to really like keep showing up at the rap night keep showing up at the rap night until some local guys like were like alright he's fine I had to do that too you know <laughs> everywhere I went now, you know what I mean you just upload your video to YouTube like YouTube doesn't exist then I don't know. Maybe I don't. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm. That sounded really old, didn't it? Ah, sorry, the world. I'm old. <laughs> I got one more question for you on this bio. Okay. Because the uh, that was actually a two part question. The first part is what? When are you at your most defensive? The second is, when are you at your most unabashedly happy or proud? Ah, uh, man. I mean, I think I said like, when I'm on stage. When I'm on stage and like, just absolutely like sticking something perfectly or having an excellent connection with somebody you know or, or a whole room of people and that's when I feel unabashedly happy and proud of myself nice. and I'm proud of my friends when I'm on stage with them and like that's when I'm the most like I don't care 
I don't care. Like, I can feel really <laughs> proud of myself right now. I can feel really happy right now. And, like, that's it for me. It was, like, being on stage. Well, all right, dude. Thanks all a right. lot for, for joining me, man. Thanks, Appreciate Mike. it. Good right, talk, man. dude. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Man, so that was a great interview. And this is a kind of good rap song. Thank you for listening to Secret Skin. Make me kinda nervous, I'm honest I got a funny feeling in my sternum Colossal, for me to be assertive I should name it Assertive, assertive, assertive Eternal, mnemonics And euphemisms, everybody learns them Robotics, and everybody's process is internal Despondent, there's nothing I can do But maybe name it Roberta, Roberta, Roberta I remember the show, but the commercials blur. I have a pet monster without the purple fur. I'm in a circle of jerks behind the secret sun. But it ain't a circle chirping till some people come. Secret society, brotherhood of the diesel drum. Original was a monument, but the sequel's dumb. Too weak to run, tell myself my feet's are numb It's like a Tarantino scene, I bleed but I can't reach the gun So for weeks to come, I'm blogging in the puddle I should put it in the music, cause they like it when you struggle Now the poetry, religion, even science is a hustle If I didn't have to sell it, I'd be rhyming to the buggle Should I do it on the low? I got a folder full of remakes I'ma put them up on Bandcamp with negative rebates This postal, or maybe make a sweepstake for the hopefuls I won't accept projection from the DJs, I'm emotional Eternal, demonics, and aphorisms Make me kinda nervous, I'm honest I got a funny feeling in my sternum Colossal, for me to be assertive I should name it Assertive, assertive, assertive Eternal, mnemonics and euphemisms Everybody learns them, robotics And everybody's process is internal Despondent, there's nothing I can do But maybe name it Roberta, Roberta, Roberta yeah. Too many people say maybe when they mean never That's like writing the word purple and green letters Sweet, sweet, sweet dead Only angels look better But I ain't dead yet So I got to go get a Hey, Got them native tongues reflex Some sample Janie's got a gun from the TV set And jump around Shit ain't just a ditty from the house of pain Trying to focus one thought about it Like a thousand brains I'm thinking about the band Fountains of Wayne I bet they picked it Because the rhymes were mountains of cane I was convinced when I heard it from a birdie on Olympus But that type of talking turns my circle jerk to an ellipsis When the people leave, just teach me how to use the beat machine I got a crazy sample for every one of my beady beats <laughs> Eternal mnemonics and aphorisms make me kinda nervous Honest, I got a funny feeling in my sternum Colossal, for me to be assertive I should name it Assertive, assertive, assertive Eternal, mnemonics and euphemisms Everybody learns them, robotics But everybody's process is internal Despondent, there's nothing I can do But maybe name it Roberta, 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 yeah